Does CR, do they have a pretty strong program right now? For graphic designers, I is think it? probably better than what I graduated with, which was pretty chill. I went to Humboldt for it, but it was like my first semester there was the first semester that they tore out all the drafting desks and put in like IMAX. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So we've had an intern from CR and shit like that lately, but. When did you graduate? From Humboldt? Yeah. 2005. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the technology has to be a different world than what you were dealing with. <clears throat> it is, but it's also the same, it's the same program. There's just a ton more functionality and features and things. Just more uses. stuff. Just more stuff. Yeah. And just like anything, it's just a tool. So if you buy a box of paint brushes, you're not Rembrandt. So it's, it's all in how you utilize it and finding your own lane and what you build with it. It's just the technique behind it and cultivating that skill. Yeah. For 15 bucks a month, you can own Adobe Illustrator and all the things that come with it. And it's the, it's the professional software that we all use, but there's a lot of people using that program that suck, you know? So it's, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably throw myself in that category you, of just buying tools and then trying to figure it out along yeah. the way. But then that's the other thing, like <clears throat> with me going to school with it and everything, um, I mean, they teach you how to push the buttons. They show you, here's the direct select tool. Here's how you type text and manipulate it, but they don't show you how to integrate that in, uh, <clears throat> in an artistic way. And there's, <clears throat> there's no, um, substitute just for the influences that you just are ingrained in you and the things that you gravitate towards and things that you draw inspiration from. And that's, that's the whole thing that makes I don't know, art or any expression, what it is, I suppose. Did they teach you how to kind of cultivate that? Or was this just something in you? You had an eye for, oh, this looks good. This does not. I just kind of thought it'd be fun, to be honest. And I grew up racing and riding motorcycles. And when you go to the races where you look at the way that the bikes look and the gear matches the bikes, the whole thing, I just had an interest in that. I always, as a kid, would always, <clears throat> you know, I was I'm decent mechanically. I can work on my bike, but I can clean it and trick it out and make it look real cool. And that was just always fun. So I think that just one thing led into the next. And then, um, you know, really growing up and even in high school, we we're always riding and moto and after school and all that stuff. And I grew up with it. <clears throat> and so we're, you know, you always, I'm in that era, that CKY, all the skate videos and moto videos and things that we grew up on. So I was, you know, whereas I told you outside my best friend, Julian at the time who ended up, you know, really making something of it and being pro for many years and all that stuff. And I was good, but obviously not on his level. So it was always fun, pick up a camera and mess around with it. <clears throat> and then that, you know, kind of morphed into uh, a lot of video and um, I actually kind of figured out how to get college credit when I was up at Humboldt State. Um, I made a, a, I got into all the like digital arts and how to make it a lifestyle and how to make it, make a living out of it. Um, when I was in school, I made this film. You can find pieces of it, probably the whole thing on YouTube. It's called uh, Magoo, the Danny, Danny Magoo Chandler story. And it's basically a documentary of an old moto racer. He's the 82 world champion who eventually, uh, severed his spinal cord, so it became a quadriplegic. So I met this guy, um, you know, down in the Sacramento area and spent years filming and traveling around with him and meeting all like the, you know, 80s and 90s superstars of the sport, interviewing them, and basically through that whole process, kind of figured out how to run a business or figure this thing out. 
um, and did real well with it. Sold like 10,000 copies, all like DVD days. There were no downloads or anything like that and got nominated for some awards and did some things with that. And it was financially <clears throat> sound and profitable. It did make money. But in the end, man, it was three years of my life. And if you've ever been in an editing bay, it is just... It's brutal. It's, it's a killer. So so um, laborious and just time consuming. You don't see the sun. It's just brutal. And uh, I was I was taking a lot of film stuff up at Humboldt, and you know had to figure out how to do the titles in the movie. Had to figure out how to design the cover art for the D DVD and all that stuff. And took a design course and was kind of like, oh yeah. This is cool. What you can do with that as opposed to film is you can be ripping on a bunch of projects at once. I'm designing this today, this tomorrow, different projects, and kind of float around a bit more and have a lot more stuff going on. And so I, I liked that, that I could do a bunch of <clears throat> maybe smaller projects rather than like really throw your entire waking life at one project for three years. Um, so yeah, I just kind of fell into design, bought a computer and uh, set it up in my bedroom and just, you know, people would be going out doing this or that. Hey, whole crew's going to go ride today. We're going to go do this. And I was kind of like, I'm kind of on this. And then clickety 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 and uh you know figuring it out on my own really like i said you can buy the tool you can buy the you can buy the paintbrushes that doesn't make you rembrandt so just bought the tool and just poured myself into it to figure it out and you know came out of that design program i think i don't know not that i'm awesome or still am but like technically wise and the work that i was building at that time i think was was ahead of other people because there was a class for them or like they were fulfilling some credits or they had an interest in it, but I just like took to it. It was just super fun. You were full so, bore. This is what you wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, not even that this is what I want to do. It was just fun. The graphic design is like a video game, but when you're done, you actually built something. You didn't just throw it away, you know? And especially now with, there's this whole other thing that we always chat about, which is the like, for a lot of designers, you sit at a computer, you know, and that's that, like you sit at a computer, you design things, the client is happy. You send them the files and then it ends there Vers versus with visual concepts. We output, we build things, we print things, we build things in real life. So to be able to design things and then see them in their real life, see them driving around or empowering businesses in our community or looking good or, you know, whatever it is. So it's, it's fun to see that all the way through, I think. Yeah. You know? Especially local community wise, cause you can see it. It's not, you're not shipping a project off exactly. to New York and you never really get to see anything tangible about it. You can yep. walk down the street and see some yeah. logos you've designed. Totally. And as we progress, it's definitely like, we are all over the place and I do have some national clients and stuff that I'm working on selling. It's funny too, that some folks are go, oh, like you still just, you'd work in here in Humboldt or do you have like bigger accounts? Like, like that would be the marker of success is that you're, you're up out of the area or whatever. And to some degree it is, but man, I have way more fulfillment on helping my community and you know just my my heart is my favorite thing is folks who have thrown it all on the line they had a job maybe it wasn't fulfilling maybe they thought they could do it better maybe they had a boss who was shit whatever can i cuss yeah oh all yeah right. you can say whatever motherfucker so um you know in showing or being able to give people the tools to help those businesses grow and seeing and do their thing. People are supporting their families and building things and being independent. And to me, you know, for all of the associations you may have and whatever it is, thinking about this crazy country that we live in, that's the positive to me. That's what it stands for is that you do have that ability. If you work your ass off, you know, and not, it doesn't always work out. Of course that's life. But for me to be able to give folks the tools to represent themselves 
to build a business on their own accord, you know, or to put food on the plate, feed their kids, do whatever that is, whatever their passion is, they can chase that better with a little bit of help from the things that we offer as far as branding and logos and proper design. And, and it matters and it helps and it really can help to, um, you know, empower somebody to like see those numbers boost, you know, or whatever. So, well, that's yeah. what we were talking about outside is that it's almost the marker of success is just getting out of Humboldt. You ought to just, everybody wants to leave and then you go away for a little bit or maybe you don't and you realize Humboldt's actually not that bad of a place. There's just this mentality that, oh, it your sucks. opportunities are limited. Yeah. Well, that's a fact is it's hard to come by stuff up here. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I, it, also, I find Humboldt to be an incubator. <clears throat> I've had other buddies doing similar things to me or other because entrepreneurs, people with this idea that they want to flush out, whether it's a commercial idea or something in the arts or whatever it is. If you're doing it here and you're good, people will prop you up in Humboldt. People want to see those success stories. All of those local brands, either if they're still here or even the ones who've got too big and left. I'm Right now, my business occupies the space that was started by Yakima. And so Yakima, the racks and all that kind of stuff. And they got huge and now they're all run out of Mexico. Good job, Yakima. Dorks. But, um, but if you're doing something well here, you know, you are not a drop in the bucket. Like if you're doing something here, people prop you up. And I think it's a, this is a, as good a place as any to be an incubator or to start a business or do something. We are geographically insanely isolated on that stuff. But like, if your idea is good, that, that doesn't matter. Drive a couple more hours, you know, whatever, no big deal. So, yeah. Well, that feeds into the ethos because we have so many artistic people here. Yeah. I think per capita, it's pretty insane. Mm -hmm. But then you have the flip side of that where everyone's kind of vying for something or trying to do something and it doesn't always work out. And then they're like, well, I got to leave because it's not, it's sure. not working here. Yeah. And that absolutely is legit and true for, for some people. And it's especially like if your goal or your success is metered by, or you work in an industry where you need to have a job for some big corporation or something. I mean, now you can be on zoom or whatever, but before that, yeah, you might've had to leave to get that important job in the city or whatever, you know, but that was never <laughs> what I wanted to do. You know, not that I ever knew what I was going to do. It's just always kind of been very organic, like adding services, adding functions and parts of our business that just seemed to make sense or that people would ask about something again and again, or just kind of taking advantage of opportunities as they presented themselves and not being shy, you know, not being sheepish, going and grabbing things. So that's 90% yeah. of it is you just have to actually chase oh, it. Yeah. You can't just wait for it to fall into your lap because it's never going to happen. No. And you see that whole, you know, that dream board i want a lambo and a whatever and you gotta have the vision man this is stupid everybody said this it's not stupid but it's it's cliche at this point but nothing's gonna happen unless you just are so dumb about it and ram your head up against the wall for you know i always tell so a lot of my clients are people who are in a they're nervous you know, I just started, uh, um, I just finished yesterday all the exports and all the branding for a new real estate company. And um, this is a awesome local woman who's worked for other real estate, more like corporate or national real estate. And she's like, I have this vision of what I can do on my own. And you can just see, she's like chittering. And she's like, oh, I'm so nervous. And I'm like, that's good. That blood pumping in your veins, that's you being alive. Like you, you know, com comfort is not, the goal here, the goal is to build something and to build something worthwhile. You're not going to be comfortable for a lot of it, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I love that. I love that, that personality type where people just 
grab what they want. You know, I have these other ones that I, I reference this one a lot, but man, I just fell in love with these with these people. I met um, basically a family. It's the mom and a couple of kids, and um, you know, they're immigrants. They're from I think southern Mexico, but just wonderful. Very little English, but just awesome. And she was. You know, they're starting a food truck and she was communicating with me. Oh, we got this logo. Our cousin drew it. We have this thing in our industry called nephew art, which is like, oh, my nephew knows Photoshop. He's got it. Well, like, you know, probably not. It was, it was a turd, you know? And so I'm like, man, you're going to pour your whole life into that. And then this thing that you had some rookie design for you is the symbol of what you're going to do. That's just not good enough. So anyway, meeting these people, talk with them, the daughter is translating. And I just, they were telling me about what they want. They're from Oaxaca, this and that. And I was just like, I, I'm going to jump out on a limb here. I'm going to say, you know, you're first generation. You've probably been working your ass off two or three jobs for what, 10, 15 years to save the money to buy the shuck and the translator, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Oh yes, yes, yes. And I just like, I just want you to know you are it for me. You are the person that I want to help more than anything. And you know, they're helping, they're paying me to do it. It's not like just a labor of love. Like I got to eat too, but those kinds of things. And, and she was like, Oh, you're going to make me cry. And I was like, let out those tears. Like, that's cool. Like, this is a place where, you know, you can be emotional. Cause I know what you've put into it. You've probably worked some drag, nothing wrong with, you know, some, you've worked your ass off two and three shifts for years and years and years. Your food trucks are not cheap. And she had this thing. She probably saving up hundred G's or something like that to make this thing happen. And then you have this point where you have that logo and that, what we call our brand system in your hands. Now you have that symbol. This is the thing that represents all of my work, where I want to go. This is what encompasses everything that I'm going to do. And this guy just helped me to build that thing and big hugs. And they came back and got the truck wrapped and this and that. And like, now they're killing it. I hear the food's good too. So yeah, it's all good. That's, they were just, they were just so ideal and they were easy to work with. And it's one of my favorite designs too. Um, I don't know if I say who it is or not. What do you think? Yeah, I think you could say it. Plug it's them. A, them a it's are a, they local? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's called uh, La Flor Mixteca and they're actually out at Three Corners Market. It's a black truck. It's got a big colorful logo on the front. It's like a woman in like a traditional Oaxaca dress with flowers and it's pretty and vibrant and um I mean, that's it, man. You know, that, that, that for me just makes me stoked because we do the logo and the branding and the design. And like I said, we build things. It's not just like some dude sitting in an apartment who designed thing. Here you go. Now you got to find somebody else to print it. You got to find somebody to build your website, find somebody to do your shirts, find somebody to do your aprons, find somebody to wrap your truck. Well, me and my badass team, we can see the whole thing through. And that's really what's different about our business and just how the way that it is kind of organically grown is, you know, I started off, you know, doing, you know, I grew up racing motorcycles. So the whole thing, the whole genesis of this is bikes and bikes. And how do I make a living with what I love to do <clears throat> growing up racing and everything? And then, you know, bought the equipment, basically had 30, I got a loan for $30,000. I was 22 or something. I had no money. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. A semi truck comes and delivers this equipment. And the dude basically who's supposed to be trading, you know, once again, that geographic isolation dude drives all the way from Sacramento, kind of plugs it in and goes like, all right, you got it. And I'm like, I, I, I have no idea what's up. And he, he, dude, he's like, well, um, my wife's waiting in the car, so I got to go. And I'm like, well, like you pay the money. It's supposed to come with like two or three days of trading and getting this thing set up and like nothing. He just split. So I spent six months just like literal tears and just 
crying and taking on, you know, I've always been busy. I know lots of people. My, I'm second generation Humboldt. My folks have lived here and are both entrepreneurs, similar to myself in their own vein. And um, I mean, orders are stacking up. People are ready. This is like my little house is just covered in prints and fucked up shit. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. The cut pressure is too deep. The colors are skewed. Nothing's working. You know what I mean? My wife at the time is in nursing school and it's just, you know, she's the most amazing human in the world and should just, you know, get off of nursing school after her waitressing job and school and then helping me. And we're trying to figure this thing out. And, you know, it's funny you think back, that was 2007 or so. I was right out of school and just trying to figure it out. And my dad is, is amazing um, and builds houses and just cabinetry and all the stuff works with his hands. And I grew up working with him. And so I know what like real work is like, don't get me wrong. I put a lot of hours in and I do work my ass off, but it's not like, it's not labor. You know, you're not out in the rain. I call him every day when it's raining. I'm like, you probably crawling out on some cement right now, aren't you, you old bitch? Like, how's that working out for you? I'm clicking my buttons and my coffee and my music playing. So I have no, um, you know, I, I, I get it that it's at a place of like privilege or whatever that I've built this thing that's, you know, there's a certain, there's a certain comfort to it. And then there's always, like I said, I'm, I'm not into comfort. Like I always want to be, we're having a bunch of new things going right now that are keeping me up at night head spinning about where the business is going and really trying to take care of my crew and what can I do to further them along, make this a career, not just a job, yada, yada. It's, yeah, it's deep. It's endless. When you bought that piece of equipment and it shows up, did you already have clients where you realized, okay, this can be something or were you just taking a leap of faith that I can make this happen? <laughs> yeah, total leap of faith. I kind of figured it out. I was like, okay, I'm going to buy all this equipment the payment on it's 500 bucks a month. At the time, I was really focused on the whole racing scene down in like uh, Sacramento, Bay Area, all the places I grew up racing. And, you know, I basically did quick math. Like, okay, I can do a kit for a dirt bike. I can charge 200 bucks for that. I do three of those a month, I can break even. So it doesn't, you know, realistically, if I work a day or two a month, I can at least pay for the equipment. And I will say, man, even at that same time, there's always this voice ringing on my head. One of my buddies at the time who was just like, you bought a sticker printing machine. This is the era. This is like 2000s when all everybody I knew was going up to the hill and getting rich and everybody was out growing weed. And that was the thing. And I mean, a, I just have a black thumb. It was not going to work for me. And there was a turning point where my wife and I, she's in nursing school and I'm kind of pursuing this. And then I'm pounding nails with my dad. And it was just kind of like, you know, which I tell my clients now, it's like, you can't have a plan B. Like if you have that escape route, and you know what you can fall back on. It's just, I just think your, your chances of seeing that thing through are far, far less. So I just kind of, I just kind of jumped, you know, and just kind of made all the mistakes and figured it out and became completely overwhelmed. I'm still overwhelmed to over 10 years later. Um, but you know, got a, my first employee back in the day and have this kid I met randomly through the ether or whatever, come into my, you know, this back bedroom at my house and cutting stickers and helping me figure it out. And, you know, I remember like the first, the first like wrap vehicle wrap job that we did. And I'm just in my driveway and these guys brought this big box truck. It's a huge vehicle. And my wife, like I said, after her nursing school, after her day job, and then her and I standing out in the rain, trying to line up graphics on the side of this truck, you know? So yeah, I mean, that's, that's the American dream right there. I mean, it is, it's just like, it's, this ain't easy. It's actually kind of fucking sucks. I'm making no money and, um, we made it work. I mean, as to now it's, you know, it's, uh, yeah, affording me a cool lifestyle. It's fun. Yeah. Well, and it's easy to see you're passionate about it. I mean, that pays off in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, I've had shitty jobs and I find that 
my best employees and partners and people who work for me are the ones who've had, if you've had a shitty job, shout out like Josh is my right hand man. He's been with me the longest. He's the absolute guru and sensei of our vehicle wrap department. If he's not there, there is no vehicle wrap department. So that is absolutely his thing. I put his skills up against just about anybody in the world, man. And talk about like that little humble thing. Like, oh, it's, we do, we have that all the time. People being like, oh, it's humble. How good can you be? And I'm like, check Josh out. You know what I mean? Um, so, um, Shit, where was it going with that? Just, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just building it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Exactly. Totally lost my train of thought. That'll happen again. <laughs> <laughs> that's all part of the podcast yeah. magic. Yeah, right? yeah, You yeah, get going absolutely. on a tangent, yeah. and then you're like, oh, shit, totally. I lost where I was. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's... There's this quote by Tony Robbins, and he says, if you want to take the island, you have to burn the boats. And I think that's that applies. That's business. Is Yep. If you want this thing to succeed, you can't give yourself a way out. But that's what holds so many people back is that is a daunting idea that you're going and not have any cushion. Yeah. So if this thing flops, which it flops for a lot of people, yeah, what do you do? And to be honest, it was made to be a little easier for me because I did do it in like my early 20s. And <clears throat> there's less like, <laughs> dude, and I have people now in their 30s, 40s, whatever, who have who have kids who have way more response. I didn't have anything really i had to make my rent at the time you know would love to keep affording to ride my bike and do all my fun things that i like to do but other than that there's really nobody expecting me to put food on the plate or whatever you know so i have clients now who are taking that leap at a much i don't know it's a different place when you have kids when you have a mortgage when you, you have, have responsibility kind of stuff you know, yeah. Um, you know, if we're going to shout out my clients, I love all my people. They're so cool. And a recent one that I did, and he didn't express this or this concern or anything to me, but I inferred it, is that um, there's a new little uh, micro or microbrewery. What's beyond micro? He's got a name for it. Even smaller than micro. Nano brewery? Yeah. Pale Moon Brewing in Arcata. They're right by like Benchrong or Safeway in Arcata. This is a guy who's had just perfect jobs. He's been in the brewing industry all around Hubble forever. And he just thought, I have this thing in the back of my head. It's nagging. It won't let me go. I want to start my own thing. He's got two kids, got a wife. You know, I don't know his specific situation, but I mean, think about the debt that you incur, especially in California and everything that you're going to have to do to try to pursue that, to make yourself a build yourself a brand and start a little brewery and everything that it takes to do that. Like hats off, man. That's hard. That's hard. Um, seems like he's kicking ass though. Cause you know, you have talent, you call people back. You're not a total butthole to people. Like generally, Helps. I generally, I do see it work for folks when they do take that leap or, um, yeah. When they burn the boats, you know, as long as you, as long as those boats are good and sunk and you move forward and you're not afraid, you know, cause I mean, it takes uncomfortable and takes not being comfortable. It takes late nights, it takes tears and blood and people yelling at you sometimes, you know, but I, I would have it no other way. I often tell folks that like, you know, to be in any type of entrepreneur, I don't care if you paint houses, you design logos, or you have a food truck or whatever the hell you do, you brew beer. I mean, whatever it could be that it's a specific lens that you view life through because you don't, you don't separate like my personality is visual concepts is the graphic design is these are these clients and there is no separation there. So you live it and every experience and everything you see or do in your life is kind of becomes a function of that, which I would have it no other way getting older. And this is my thing now, you know, but um, yeah. And it's, it's all I know. My mom and dad are both 
you know, <clears throat> I, it's so funny. Like I never thought about it before, but you reflect on things more as you get older and like, shit, I am at a, the culmination of my mom and dad. My dad builds houses. He's an amazing um, in the wood shop and can build you just about anything. But it's real dad skills. Like he could take a bare piece of land and build a house with the plumbing, the electrical, and all of those things. My mom is an acclaimed landscape designer and is kind of quasi kind of taking a step back from it. But um, when she was full bore, I mean, she had a claim all through Northern California. But those are similar. They, my folks, and even my grandparents on both sides as well, who were people who never had like a jobby job. You know, they were able to figure out this is what I like to do. Now, how can I eke a living out doing what I want to do? So, yeah, it, you know, you never really think about that until you think about it and you realize like, oh shit, I'm, and I'm the oldest born in my family. And I think the oldest is always the most similar to the parents. It seems like, or somebody told me that. So I definitely see that. Yeah. I am my mom and dad. <laughs> Were they a little nervous for you when you said, Hey, this is, this is the path I'm going to take. No, I don't think so at all. I think like I have the one, one I always think about, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. And I don't know if it was just, I mean, in all honesty, you know, I had probably no credit. And to get that loan, you had to show a certain amount of years in business and this and that. So I used, you know, Samson construction. My dad's business is, you know, was the, was the, you know, the lease was through him in the first place. So no, we kind of kick ass in my family. I don't ever think that they were ever like, I had never even considered that, that they would have been or whatever, but no, just chase the passion, I guess. Yeah. Chase the passion, yeah. burn the boats. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think being young definitely helps and not having these kind of ties that can kind of hold you back, but not really. Cause I mean, if you have kids, yeah, it's going to be harder, but maybe that motivates you more because you think 100%. I've got these kids, dude. but then you're going to trade off the time with them. Cause you got to put that mm -hmm. time somewhere. And if you want the business to succeed, it's got to go there. And it's that. And it's just to be an example of what ass kickery looks like to your kids. To me, you know, I try to live out everything as awesome as I can for my little, for my daughter. You know, I don't want her to see my example is some schlubby dude. You know what I mean? I want her to base her interests, her whatever she wants to do on seeing for, you know, for how we define it. We all have our own thing that we find is important or that we base our success or our worth on. But, you know, yeah, I mean, that's definitely in it, something that I think about often. Is well, like, I think hard work is one of those overarching themes yeah. that everyone can point to and say, okay, this is one of those qualities you want your kids to have or you want to have. Yeah. That it's just, there's no downside to that. Me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, that could mean for through her guys, that could mean, you know, she loves to dance and rides her bike and all these things that could be like those athletic pursuits <clears throat> or she's learning to read. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's anything that you apply yourself to. There's no, you know, I got to sound so cliche, but it is really how I live my life. Like I'm not trying to do anything 90%, anything I want to do. If I have, you know, the time and I'm going to put myself into it, I'm, I'm trying to go for it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's part of the success of the, the business. I guess at this point, I guess people like what I'm doing. So I guess there's an innate, there's an eye for it or something. Um, but there's also, I don't know. I don't think I'm inherently like, there's something about aesthetics that I guess that I get, I guess, obviously, but it's just through just beating my head up against the wall for years and years and years that I found the way 
graphic design specifically, I find to be, it's visual problem solving. It's like, okay, I have these symbols, I have this color palette, I have this client with their quirks and their personality. How do I deliver something that's going to improve and empower their business, you know, that I can stand behind and I want to post it as well and show that I'm, I'm proud of it. So yeah, that whole problem solving part of it is something that I think it's just that 10,000 hours thing as much as anything else, just kind of learning a trade, just like my dad learned to build houses. My mom learned deer resistant gardening or whatever it is, how to you know, how to, how to do plantings in different environments or whatever else. You just, you beat your head up against the wall, you make every mistake and you hopefully not do it again. You know? Yeah. I would imagine there were a lot of mistakes in the beginning and oh, then that just was. feeds back into, okay, I'm going to do it. You got to do it again. We're going to create it again. And endlessly and, and, and ow, constantly fucking shit up, you know, constantly. And it's been, it's funny that we've had this chat as the business grows, we're taking on more people and like, all my, the VC boys who are listening, they're all just wonderful. And we've had this thing lately of like, I see you're about to walk off that cliff. I'm going to let you walk off that cliff. You know, it, it's going to cost me a little time. Maybe this job is now delayed by a day. Clients bugging me. I'll feel that phone call because it hurts more and it sticks with you more. You know, I mean, simple thing, you know, like the other week we were, uh, as you try to delegate, it's, we're so busy. I can't do it all anymore. And I shouldn't do it all. I should be focused a little more on big picture. So a little door graphic, something comes in for us. That's a easier job. And I could see it getting printed and produced. And one of my guys who's amazing, he's just newer than me. So he's setting it up and I can just kind of see, uh, it looks like it's gonna be a little small. And instead of stopping it, I just let it go through the truck comes in, the installers go to put it on the door. I go, ah, we got a problem here, which then incurs a whole thing of, you know, my guy who'd be going like, Oh, it's too small. Oh, I see where the error was. And you know, like, I feel like when that you get that sting, it's resonates with you more. And you're probably less like, like I could, I could save, I could save the day every time, but I feel like I'm just going to keep on saving the day versus if I let him walk off that cliff, then it hurts more. And I've walked off the cliff a billion times. So and that's yeah. how you learned. That's how you got better. Oh, yeah. is you walked off. Nobody was there to save you from walking off that cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Is that hard to kind of battle with as where you are having more employees now, the need to delegate versus, you know, you got to where you are because you managed everything. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just part of it. It's just to be expected, you know? And like I said, like I give so much props to, there's obviously at this point, you look through my QuickBooks and it shows you like all the names who have been through since 2007 and, you know, do the math. I don't do the math these days. No, but, um, how many people we've employed, whether it was somebody who didn't work out, then was there for a month and I was like, beat it, you know, whatever, or people who've been there for a couple of years. And anyway, you look back and it's 30 something probably folks who've walked through there. Right now, as visual concept stands, I think there's nine of us and 10, nine of us. And everybody there is solid as a rock. Down for the team. We got to stay late. We got to do this. Everybody takes responsibility. Everybody steps up. And so, um, you know, there we're all very much a family and very much kind of ride or die right now, which is super rare and talk to any local business, not even local, talk to anybody about employees and the struggles they've had and how, it, how, how tough it is to find good people. And, you know, people will even say like, we, we kind of have a joke where like, when a, you know, somebody's mom is in town. One of my employees, mom, they're like, Oh, this is Noah, my boss. And I'm like, we don't really use that word. Like, you know, not that it's some galatier, whatever, but like, you know, we're all, we're just brothers, man. And we're all 
everybody's got each other's back and everybody's there for the betterment of all. And it's funny as we've progressed and we're about to enter this new year and stuff, we're all like, even like I'll hear the, the dudes talking around the shop and like the conversation has gone from like, Hey, make sure that's centered on that, you know, or make sure those colors register properly to now being like, Hey, how can we do this better? And like the conversation has gotten where I'm not always happen to be involved in like that big picture. You know, you work in the business and you work on the business. And now all the dudes in the shop are working on the business. Like, I, and I'm not telling them, hey, you should do this. You know, it's just, that's just the caliber of, I think people that have been attracted to this weird, artsy, weird way to make a living that we've all, I mean, built together, you know, at this point. So, yeah. Was that kind of hard to cultivate or that just came organically? The good people? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, you know, it, I mean, we've definitely had some people who A, didn't fit or were, they were turds or whatever. But, you know, I, and I, it's funny because we have, I have this young guy right now who's just knocking on the door, coming back every week or two. Hey, when you're ready, I want a job. When you're ready, I want a job. And the best folks that I've got, I've done Indeed. I've done Craigslist. I've tried to find people, whatever. <clears throat> it's just, it's the, your buddy's buddy. You know, the friend of a friend, a personal recommendation or people who just think like, this is cool. I could see working here every day and not working to live, but you know what I mean? Not uh, just what, punching a clock. Yeah. What we do all day is fun. I mean, I mean, it's stressful and difficult and it's pain in the ass, but you know, at the end of it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of awesomeness to it, you know? Yeah. Well, a lot of, um, three of my employees now are like in active bands and musicians. There's so much music and guitars and drum sets floating through the shop and motorcycles and bicycles. Chris, our screen printer is like in this phase of collecting and restoring vintage bikes. We have bikes on the roof, bikes on the, you know, and if you see like the ethos of the business and where it started is my love of being on two wheels ever since I was a little kid and then growing up racing and my parents race and my brother and everybody kind of getting into it. Um, so there's all those just cool themes. Like I couldn't have it any better. Art, bikes, music, supporting local entrepreneurs, you know, really I love a side note or a tangent or something else that I find that is so, I don't know, enriching or cool about our business is there is this homogenation of the urban landscape, coast to coast. You got your Target and your Petco and your Walgreens, and those aren't our clients, okay? Our clients are the disruptive ones. Our clients are locally owned. They're the people that hopefully fill up those strip malls with things that are unique and keep that money here and just, you know, we. I try to be the thorn in the side. And the more that you operate a business within this country or especially, I mean, everybody's talking about it. I feel like it's just like burp, burp, always in the shop is this thing of so hard to exist as a business in California now. And I find that I love the fact that we don't fit into their box. You know, we don't work at a big corporation where we stamp up, like we're harder to control because we're independent. And I feel like it's funny that I feel like the system with our, all of the, the, the taxes and the payroll and all the shit it takes, the business licenses and everything that we have to deal with, um, they, they try to stamp you out, man. And I mean, I don't know if it's intentional or not, or it's just the lobby of more, larger industry and bigger businesses or whatever, but um, we're the cockroach. You know, one of our next little, we always do every couple of months, come out with a new little shirt design or whatever. And I wanted to have this thing where it's just like this cockroach, you know, that is the VC or like a little dirty rat, like fucking can't kill us. 
you know, dinosaurs come and go, ages progress, tsunami, flood, meteors, and we're here, you know, to support local, to support independent business, and to have fun along the way and not be that corporate slave. And like, I get it that you might see that as a jump from like, you draw pictures on a computer for work, but that's what it feeds into to me. And that's, I love the creative process and I do love to draw and I love the art. I love my crew, but like the end result of what we do is we help people create and maintain and build independent businesses across the spectrum of what crazy weird business you might be in. Yeah. Well, and I think if you guys were just cranking out generic logos, you wouldn't make it this far. You almost, you have to embody that ethos to get yeah. anywhere, really. Otherwise, you are, you're just going to be creating these, these yeah. bland projects. Exactly. Yeah. And I have things that have stood the test of time, but I'm still working in my, uh, you know, we have our, our Dropbox set up and you'll pull up a file. I'm like, holy shit, this was made in 2013. And like, I would do it differently now, but it's still good. Like there's some things that, that resonate in a lot of our, <clears throat> you know, I mean, we have, shit, I'd say at least half a dozen to 10 brands that we've created that are maybe based locally or used to be based locally, whatever, who are in Whole Foods or national or some international thing. We have some, we have some, my biggest one that I'm not really able to talk about yet, but I've just taken on the biggest branding um, project that I've ever done. And this will be a truly like an international uh, motorsports racing um, brand, which is super cool. Tying back into your roots. Oh yeah, it's cool. You know, and these guys, find me through the network of racing and people. And I'm just talking on the phone. Like, look, you're, you're going to be stoked. You're finding somebody who is a seasoned. I've, uh, I've been doing this for more than 10 years. I know what I'm doing. I have my process dialed. I'm good at what I do, but I come from your world. You know, you're selling off-road racing tires. That's me. Like I'm your consumer base. I'm not, like I said, like, the guy who's got some amazing online profile or that looks the part online, but really doesn't know that world. There's no that industry. And it's just like with all my local, you know, clients, I may work for, for local restaurants or breweries or like all the different things. Like I'm there on the weekend. Like I see, I am your people, you know, um, both from the entrepreneur standpoint and the fact that I support local as much as possible. So like, I get it, you know? Yeah. Does that play a factor in designing their logo for them? Or how do you approach that? Just, Oh, absolutely. They're feeding you ideas and you're kind of trying to culminate some yeah. overarching concept into a design. Yeah, I want a lot of the one that I struggle with the most is you're the artist, dude. I love your work. Just show me something. I, I Just don't create like it. that. I don't want that as much. If you're going to come and get a logo made for me, I want parameters. I want the, as many specifics because like I do a lot of work, man, and I've done a bunch of even logos <clears throat> say within one industry. So I may be doing the two main competitors in industry and I'm having to figure out how to stylize them in a way where it doesn't hopefully look like it came out of the same head. So the more that they come at me with the more source material, I've been using this thing lately. I'm like, if you were going to get a tattoo, I mean, I guess some people are elite, some tattoo artists are elite, but like ideally you're going to give them as much as possible, you know, and I have a way of sussing that out at this point where I can be like, here's some resources, here's some things, give me everything you want. And I'll tell you what sucks, what you should move forward with, but as much as possible, helping it to be, I'm like the conduit via like that their vision is seen through. Like I'll put my touch on it, do my thing, but as much as possible, you know, make this yours should have your soul in it. And once again, though, the other the flip side of that coin is that 
you're not branding to you, you know? So I have this whole thing where it's, oh, I'm a contractor, I'm gonna be building luxury homes. I'm thinking like <clears throat> old English and it's black and red and like, yeah, like dude, like, yeah. You know, and I'm mean, like, who calls you the most? Is it a 28 year old guy who swings a hammer? No, it's probably a 57 year old, whatever. She's a grandma, she's got the money to spend. You're not visually communicating with her if you like it. You gotta like it. You gotta be able to drive the truck, wear the shirt. But it's communication. Yeah, you she doesn't know to, what old English is. No, you gotta you gotta be friendly, you know. And and I'm still learning that lesson every day about putting some of me into it, putting some of the client into it, but really just doing the research, looking at the demographic. Who are we speaking to here? How do you communicate with them? Who picks up the phone to call you? You know, it's probably not your bro. It's probably your bro's sweetheart, grandma, or, or who knows, whatever it is, you know, depending on <clears throat> what type of industry we're serving, you know, or I'm doing this off-road tire brand. That's not grandma. That's, you know, you're 40, 50, you got some disposable income, you're off-roader, you like to be, you know, whatever. So there's this whole practice of building the character, like who are we talking to, you know, and how to, how do we build them up? What do they do on the weekend? What's their income level? Where do they live? Yada, yada, yada. Try to build that person up and then hopefully try to build something that communicates value to them and that they want to, you know, in, in turn, do some business with you. Yeah. Is that kind of the key is building it for your audience, not for yourself? I mean, that's a huge and overlooked part of it and something I'm not like even the best at. Like I still struggle because I know what I want to look at. And, and I don't know. And also you as a designer, or I'm sure in any business, you learn your cheat codes. Like, you know, the, here's the problem. Here's the thing. And, you know, for me, I design logos in Humboldt County. I put on a tree on it. <clears throat> People are going to love it. A little wave, a little tree. Oh yeah. You know, but that's not always the move. And once you've done that too many times in any given industry, you got to figure out a new move or what how do you build things that are unique? Yeah. But that is a, in essence, or one of the first things we chat about is like, okay. And it's different too. If it's an existing business that we're doing a rebrand on or a brand refresh, we're upgrading it, you know, versus, you know, it's brand new, you know? Um, so yeah. Or do you, if it's, if it's existing, do we, we need to take the audience with us to some degree. So you don't want to probably throw everything away. You want to take, okay, so let's look at your current design it's bad or whatever, but what are the qualities that people do uh, relate to? You know, How, what are the things in that we can take forward? Is there some of that color palette we can take along with it? You know, but then the other thing that I always tell people is that man, just like rip the band aid. You know, I always say like don't, don't, don't like limit the possibilities by taking your current client base with you. Sure, you've reached out, you have a thousand clients, whatever. You know what I mean? They're going to come along with you regardless of what your logo looks like. Look at the bigger picture. Like how many people are you going to alienate? Or are you going to possibly not going to communicate with because you're stuck on this old thing? You know, rip the bandaid, move forward. And every time we've done some bigger projects um, around town or more nationally, they're, oh God, oh God, everybody knows us for this logo or this logo has been on TV or like this does have some national claim or whatever. You rip the bandaid two weeks later, Nobody remembers that piece of shit pixelated old logo and they move on, you know? Um, yeah, we did, which some of the best food in Humboldt, shout out my clients on this podcast, suppose it's Cafe Nooner and they're awesome. And they were on Guy Fieri's show, whatever, years and years, years ago, picture on the wall. There's his episode or whatever. We looked it up on YouTube when we did it and it's, you know, they're the current owner uh, inherited. It's like a word clip art 
crummy logo that she inherited, but it does. She's like, people are driving up and down the coast and they saw that show and they want to come in and eat at Cafe Nooner just the way that Frosted Tips dude did as well. And so, um, you know, and she really struggled with it. Like, how do we keep it the same but similar? And, you know, with that one, we did find a really nice vibe um, kind of keeping a little bit of the subject matter that she had, but she had this Art Deco theme she wanted to remodel the storefront with, and we just ripped the Band-Aid, new shirts, new menus, new brand system, new signage, and we, in, in-house, in Visual Concepts created the whole thing, put it all out there, and like she's like, oh yeah, the old one, gone. Doesn't matter. People move on. Um, years and years, five, six years ago, our business essentially all but doubled overnight when I acquired what was Blackjack screen printing. They were a staple in Humboldt screen printing for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Just awesome, amazing people. Really, really helped me to get going. And you talk about like, were your parents nervous when you bought that equipment and everything? And when I, I was a design student and I just saw this cool local screen print shop and I go, going in there as a little kid, like, you know, um, Hey, do you guys have any design work? Do you want me to do anything for you? And they would just kick me these, whatever. They don't need this stuff done. They're just keeping me busy and kicking me a couple hundred dollar projects here and there. And I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about buying this equipment. It's like more money than I've ever seen in my life at this point. I'm in my early twenties and they're like, Oh, just do it. Oh, just do it. You know, just do it. Um, if you have the equipment, you call people back, you're good at what you, you're not a dick. Like you'll be just fine. And so they were another big part of the push. Anyway, the space we now occupy in the Creamery district and Arcata um, I shared the space with them and they're two of my best friends and they're amazing and they're musicians. A lot of folks find screen printing because they're musicians and thus there's this big time because you're in a band. You, you need sell, the merch. You need merch. You don't want to pay somebody to do it. It's punk rock. You do it yourself. And so they, you know, Tad would be printing his own shirts for the bands he was in. And then somebody said, hey, print a shirt for my band. Print a shirt for my, and then you have a business. I mean, he got good at it, but he didn't give a shit. You know, it's not his passion he's not a graphic artist he fumbled his way through it in a beautiful way because tad is awesome um anyway i uh you know we worked in the same shop for five five or so years and they came up to me one day and they said like, hey man how do you feel about buying blackjack and i was like oh i mean yeah as like a pie in the sky idea that sounds great i would love to do it i'm already so busy i don't know how the hell i'm gonna take on any more work or whatever and they're like well because uh we're kind of moving and you're buying it. And I was like, oh shit. So, you know, and that feeds back into that Cafe Nooner thing because Blackjack had a had a really good positive name about them. They're total indie graphic or indie uh, uh, screen print shop in Arcata and supported all these cool local brands. And I was so worried about closing their phone number down, taking their name off the sign or whatever. So I made this whole signs and redid the whole front of the shop that says Blackjack visual concepts and had like this cohabitation thing going, kept their phone number. And I was immediately overwhelmed in the first week or two. I just yanked their phone out of the wall, took the sign down. Fuck it. It's visual concepts. And in that same way, it didn't matter, man. You know? And now five or six years later, like I, I mean, we're all community and I, we share a bunch of the same friend groups, stuff like that, but I don't really, it doesn't matter. They're all visual concepts clients now. Every once in a while, maybe once a year or something like that, somebody will call them and go, oh, I'm looking for blackjack. And I'm like, wow, blast from the past. Shout out, you know, Todd and Alicia, they're amazing. But, uh, but more than not, you know, you rip the bandaid, you move on and people come along with you pretty well. Yeah. Is it easier working with a new client because of that than where they don't have, they don't have these attachments to an old logo or an old design. You can come at it from a fresh perspective. If, if I'm doing my clients and myself the best service, 
I'm going to be brutally honest, you know, and like I'm, I'm, I'm 40. So like, I'm not an old man yet, but like, I know what I'm talking about. And so I used to go, Oh yeah, it's good. Oh, we can work with it. Where visual concepts hopefully is going eventually, you know, cause we are a design shop. We're a vehicle wrap shop. We print shirts and all this stuff. So not everything that we produce in the shop is ground up. Like I'm still at the point in my career where I'm willing to do what I can do with provided graphics, you know, but I'm doing my best work for you and I can ensure your success if I can build it from the ground up. Cause generally I, I know it's going to be better. You know, I'm always like, I can design you a vehicle wrap, you know, your wraps two grand, your wraps four grand. That's money well spent, but man, how much more well spent is that money? If you not putting a janky looking logo on it, you know, how much did you pay for that logo? You got it on 99 designs. It was 120 bucks. Cool. You're now going to try to parlay that into a $4,000 vehicle wrap. You're wasting your money, man. It, I always talk about build the foundation first. The foundation is a solid brand system, right? It's not just a logo. I can explain my, this is, I knew we'd get here to my, my daily spiel that I tell new clients, but, um, yeah, you're asking me to provide you the best return on your investment with one arm tied behind both of our backs. Cause you can't polish a turd, you know? Um, and as I progress, I am, I can be more brutally honest. I'm not a jerk about it, but I'll just be like, you don't want me to use this. And if you do, I'm still in the point of my career where it is a small town and we are nice and we don't, we want to, we want to figure out our pricing structure and the way that we do work so that everybody can benefit. We love everyone and work with everybody. But like I said, I'm doing you the best work if I can do the whole thing ground up, you know? Yeah. So, well, yeah. then you don't have to worry about being attached to this thing that, yeah, you polished, but at the end of the day still is a turd because still you dirty. can only go so far yeah. with somebody else's design. Well, and that's something we run into a lot where it's just like that we, we have this phrasing or this differentiation between <clears throat> what we consider a logo versus what visual concepts build, which is a brand system. A logo has one orientation. Okay. You may have a logo. It's red and green and blue, whatever it sits on a page. Okay. What you don't have, if you get some cheap logo online or somebody made it or your cousin made it or wherever came from some crowdsourcing thing, AI, whatever the hell, um, it doesn't show the entire environment in which it's supposed to inhabit. So maybe you have a logo, okay? Like what, what are the assets? Do you have patterns, typography? Do you have photos that are part of your brand? Do you have you know, colors, do you have a brand book? Like, what do I do? It's hard for me to go. I got this, this is a 2022 extra long sprinter. Here's my logo. I want my phone number on it. Go. Like I can do that, but it's best to build out a complete brand system. Okay. And so my whole thing, and it's not, I don't see it done exactly the way I like to approach it. But what I have is somebody calls up and goes, Hey man, how much is a logo? I go, okay, well that first of all, don't start the conversation like that. But secondly, I don't build you a logo. I build you a brand system. And I always tell people like, I'm not trying to sound fancy. It's not jargon. It's, I'm not trying to upsell you. What I'm telling you is that if I build you a logo, it's got one orientation. It's not going to work everywhere you need to work it, right? What you need is a brand system. You need typography. You need your symbol. You need your colorway. And you need to be able to take those elements and remix them and use them for various applications, okay? Say you need a letterhead, okay? Your letterhead, all the all the ways your logo is going to be used. And as a print shop and a vehicle rep guy, more than anything, I know how important these things are because I'm going to actually put this thing into use for you. So you need a real wide one. You need your logo, your colorway, your lettering goes off to the side of it for your letterhead, okay? Then all the online stuff is so crucial. I always, when I'm designing a brand package or a brand system for people, 
I give them a perfect circle iteration of their logo for their Instagram, their Gmail, their Yelp, whatever, all their online profiles. Um, you're also, hey, maybe you get some tote bags made. Maybe you get a stamp made, maybe whatever. You're going to need a one color iteration of it. Not only that, we needed to know how does your logo look in one color on a black background, one color on a white background. How's it look on a transparent? How's it look full color? How's it look when your logo is on the back of a hoodie, right? So I'm always like, you say you have a white van, you're not going to get a full wrap. We need to know how your logo or how your branding looks on a white van or on a black hoodie, right? So what I'm doing is developing these systems and sending people a Dropbox link and they have a fit for every application versus when people get a logo made and they bring it in and go, oh, put it on my truck, put it on my shirt. I'm like, well, I, it's not built right. Man, you're going to run into a lot of setup fees. This logo doesn't break down into a two-color screen print. It's going to be so expensive to get on hoodies, da, da 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 this and that, right? So the way that we've formulated, the way that I've built the service that we provide, it's because I know the output. I know the challenges you're going to face. I know that's not going to embroider on a hat, man. That's going to look like shit. The needle and the stitching is only going to get so small before your details fall away, you know? Um, or how does it work with all the other assets? How is it going to work on your, you know, we're doing tons of real estate stuff right now. So like, How's it look on your for sale sign? Is it going to read in two and a half seconds as the person's ripping by you going, oh shit, there's a house for you, whatever. So there's all of those applications and all the file types and all the things. So more so, and I tell people it's a bigger, like I could make you a logo, which I don't, I'm not even really interested in doing anymore because I just know it's going to be a remodel. I grew up building houses. A remodel is a bitch. You're, it's never going to be perfect. It's always going to be, well, we kind of got it there. Or yeah, it works there pretty well. If you go through us and you build a brand system, you are now never going back to the drawing board. There's also this thing that we see in our industry where you get too many cooks in the kitchen, right? So one guy, which is another reason we've built the way we do it. You have one person who builds your website in the past. You know, you have a, you have a logo and a graphic designer. Somebody does your truck wrap. Somebody does your website, your stationery, whatever. And everybody wants to throw their little ego on it or like, oh, look at my little calling card. I threw a drop shadow on it. I added zebra stripes in the background. I don't give a shit, whatever. But the more you do that, the more your brand loses this consistency in the way that it's delivered to people, right? So our little slogan is Nike doesn't change the swoosh. They don't change it. It's fucking there. They have built that thing over 30, 40 years, whatever, of associations and endorsements and Jordan and this and that to where you know what it means, but they're never going to take it through a drop shadow. They're never going to like... They're never going to like stretch it or skew it or screw it up, you know? So when my clients come back to me three or four years, like this logo has been very successful. We've built this business. We're doing great. We're thinking this year we might do this. I'm like, nope. Like if you're sick of it, other people probably just starting to get it. So like, it's a long game, a logo and a brand, <clears throat> you know, it should be five or 10 years now. Like styles change. My work evolves. Everything changed. You might need to pivot or make some moves or simplify or whatever, but that's the basis of it. Figure out what you can build that can represent you across every possible touch point and then just hammer it home through nauseating repetition. Yeah. That's well, we this idea of building a brand, I really like that because I think that's what most people are looking for and they just are using logo as a filler word for that. Yeah. Oh, I want a logo. Yeah. But they don't really just want the logo. They want the whole the brand. System. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. want everything behind it. Yeah. <clears throat> we have this... Uh, we have this way of looking at it that I stole um, or repurposed from one of my main senseis. I hope you listen to this, whatever is uh, Dan Antonelli at Kick Charge Creative. They're on the East Coast and they do 
a bit of what we do in a different way. I'm not at all copying that. We do our own weird thing up here in the North, um, the Pacific North. Um, but he has this way of looking at it. He's a bicycle enthusiast as well, where he shows you this bicycle wheel, right? The centerpiece, the hub, that's your logo, okay? Your brand is the wheel. All the spokes coming out are all your touch points, your social, your vehicle wraps, your signage, your website, uniforms, apparel, blah, blah, blah. The logo dictates the colors, the typography, the feel of it. And then all those touch points moving out are all of the things that influence and add. That's the brand. The brand is all of those touch points. The logo is the center of it, but the logo is not the brand. And even I take it a step further because they really do create a mascot, a logo type. I mean, they're these guys that I've learned so much on our absolute masters, but I even do it a little bit differently because I'm like, do you, do you give them when I speak with them? I'm like, do you give your clients like a, a, a circle for their Instagram or like not necessarily, but I just know that's so crucial, man. And it's, and it's, a, it's fun. It's a flex to have a cool looking little symbol you put on your Gmail or whatever, but it's crucial, man. I mean, the most, you know, I'm doing my job. If I'm doing my job, giving them the least amount of decisions, right. When it comes to the application of the brand, because like I said, the more cooks in the kitchen, the more decision-making has to be done, the less consistent that brand ends up showing itself. So rather than going, Oh, well, you know, I learned a lot of this through the cannabis boom in the last 10 years i'd create a logo and they go cool man this year we're coming out with pre-rolls long skinny funky little thing i get to use so through that there's like experimentations <clears throat> i'm kind of like well you're never just going to walk out of here with something that doesn't fit everywhere you know so i always like i always lead off a new brand consultation with this talk rather than like what do you want it to look like you know there's the art of it there's the rendering of it there's the style who are you communicating with but I, I find myself showing them or explaining the importance of this whole brand system thing before we even go, okay, now what color do you like? You know what I mean? That's all crucial, but yeah, showing them kind of the roadmap of where we're going. And when we're done here for the money you're spending, you are not going to have like a logo. Maybe we'll say, yeah, this is our preferred one, which is like the lettering. And then the logo sits centered up on top, but that that's good on the back of your hoodie. But on the front, you might need just the one color of it, just a wide one or a tall, whatever. How does it look going down your sleeve? So the way that the way that we can build these systems to where there is very little decision making. Like my clients own all their stuff. They're not under any, they normally do use us for everything, but they don't need to. So I want to know that when I built your brand system, a part of that is I laid out your hoodies and templates and everything in a usable file format so that you get a made online or another one of our competitors, somebody else, all love, all good but don't let them fuck it up. You know what I mean? Like we've set a foundation. Let's build the house on top of that. And you know, yeah. Try to deploy it in a consistent way. Yeah. That consistency seems like it would be key. Cause especially yeah. if you relate it to framing a house or so somebody, if you frame it out and then somebody comes in and says, no, nah, I want to move the living room to a different spot or I want to rearrange yeah. the plumbing. Yeah. Then you're never getting, you're never actually building the whole house. Cause you're constantly rearranging the structure of it. And you got to have the, a foundation. And the original vision of it is blurred. And that's the thing, you know, I mean, yeah, all of that. Yeah. And you, you know, and traditionally, if traditionally a bad way to go about getting a brand is to come and see, don't, which weird, because I think we are good at what we do, but like <clears throat> in the past, I would say, don't start a business, go to a vehicle wrap shop and say, make me a logo because they're vehicle wrap guys. You know, they don't, they're not brand. They're not brand agency. Don't go and go, hey, I'm starting a business. Don't say that to your screen printer or your embroidery guy. 
I mean, like maybe in special cases like us, yeah, we can actually do that because <clears throat> at the core of what Visual Concepts is, it's a brand agency and then we build shit too, you know? And it's just that function of making something that can survive and have enough work to do in a, in a small town. So I just started adding on these outputs and these services as they seem to make sense. It could make a little bit of money, um, but you know, it, it, brand first, then application, you know, like you, yeah, you see a lot of crap that's like, well, that's your logo. Oh no, a that's just what's on my, yeah, that's just on my truck. No, that's not like, I don't have a logo. I just put it aerial bold, pff, red lettering on my truck. Dave's plumbing, you know? So yeah, it's all about where you're trying to go. I'm like, hey, that's fine for you. If you're chucking a truck and you want to be, you're just doing your thing and you'll sell the truck when you retire or whatever. But if you have bigger goals, you want to sell it, you really want to take over some market share. This is not an act of hubris, you know, to have an awesome logo, a uh, brand system, trucks that kick ass and people recognize you bought, say you're, uh, you know, I don't know if you're any tradesman, there are tools you need to complete the job. You know, you bought the new Milwaukee drill, whatever. Okay. This don't think about this as like some fluff. This is something that's going to put that Milwaukee drill to use. The more outreach you can do, the more that you can do to stand out in the crowd and be disruptive, the more work that comes, you can hopefully add employees. There's that whole idea of you turn the crank and the money comes out of your business. The more you can pass that crank to somebody else, they crank it. You go ride your dirt bike. You know, that's the, that's, you know, I, I love working. So that's never really been my goal to like remove myself, but that is in some industries and some things that's what folks want to do. And this should be seen as a means to an end to do that. And, and just, and it is awesome and fun. And it's the flag that I said about the, the, the folks from Oaxaca, like this is the flag that you fly. You work your ass off to build a business. You know, it's tight. You have to be tireless about it. And this is that symbol to me that encompasses that work and that dedication and effort you've put in. And who wants a shitty flag? Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. I just think people are short-sighted and whatever. And I've had this also reoccurring theme of like, oh, my wife dragged me in here, which is classic. I'm all, well, dude, I get it, man. You know, like I'm not a fluffy dude, whatever. You know, I like, I just wear black, plain, simple shit. I'm not, not trying to be too flashy or whatever, but there's, there has been this thing on a, in a couple of projects lately where he's like, I don't really need a logo. And the wife is like, honey, like I want our business to have something cool to have something, whatever. And by the end, dudes like big hugs, love it. This is so cool. You know? So when you see the work and you see, I think that you're just dealing with some local dude, like I'm not some not in the beret. I'm not like some like artsy fart, whatever, you know, not that that's a problem with whatever people express themselves or whatever, but like, you know, I grew up in the trades. I grew up powder nails and digging holes and playing in the mud. And, um, I think it's kind of cool or refreshing to say, Oh, it's just like some local people who know what the fuck they're talking about. You know, it can help me build this thing. Yeah. Yeah. It it's works. important to have that. I think, I mean, a, a while ago I went on a Fiverr just to have a logo made up because I was like, I need something for the podcast. It doesn't yeah. have to be super crazy. I contracted some guy out, fed him some details and he made me a, or she, I don't know who was behind it. They made me a logo of a blonde girl sitting on a pink couch and the couch was riding a wave and it was in a pink triangle. And I just remember looking, and I spent a couple hundred bucks on this, and I remember looking at this thinking, what? Yeah, that's what awesome. Went, well, I still have <laughs> you it. You should have run it. it. Am I, maybe Keep on a guessing. t-shirt design, I'll, I'll crank that out. Yeah. But I remember looking at this and just thinking, what the hell happened? What is, yeah. like, what? Well, there's a language barrier 
first and foremost. And there's also the thing that, man, I mean, like, it, it, you know, I don't like whatever because like sometimes folks don't i got a wait list so sometimes folks don't have the the money or the need or they can't wait they need it now and like sure like like i said i am all love i don't shit on anything there's five or 99 designs i mean they suck but what that is is the outsourcing of my world and it's people in you know countries getting paid cents on the dollar and their whole thing it's like a puppy mill so what they do is they are constantly bidding on these projects they don't get paid unless they win the contest and so what that incentivizes is you're throwing out a lot of half-ass shit and also what it incentivizes a lot of plagiarism and a lot of regurgitated crap so they may have a folder that says like plumbing logos and somebody goes i want to pipe wrench and it's blue and there's a guy holding it they probably have 50 iterations that they've used for 50 other different and so they're just remixing using the same shit just pulling elements <clears throat> yeah, throwing them together and any graphic artist or anybody uses that it's part of your bag of tricks but like everything and every design and everything that i do is absolutely from the ground up it's all custom um and you're not going to find any element of a design that i do used anywhere else because it's all out of my dome it's all fresh and original um especially when you work primarily in a small market like we do I can't do that. You wouldn't make you know? it. Well, it wouldn't make it. And you'd be, it'd be so obvious that you're a fraud. But if you're on a global scale and you work at, you're working for 99 designs or design pickle, these are all the same, you know? And, um, I mean, yeah, it's man, that's gotta be a cutthroat way to make a living. Like, sure. Once again, like you're not working in the salt mines, like it could be worse. You're in your cozy and you're Adobe illustrator and it is fun, but like, yeah, it's just a quick way to get a bunch of generic stuff. And the whole idea of what we do is disruptive branding. The whole idea. So here's another little thing, another thing I, that's from from Dan Antonelli, which is that like, a, you know, a podcast, everything like your referral network, it's maybe not, but like, okay, say you're starting, which a lot of our work is, you know, your service industry, you do HVAC, you do whatever. The most expensive logo is the cheapest logo because we have this idea in any industry where people ask us like, hey, like, how much do I need to spend on marketing, right? How much do I need to spend to get people to pay attention? Well, the answer is if you have a shitty logo, a lot, because nobody's, it's not memorable. It's not sticky. It's not sticking and resonating in the viewer's mind. That's your messaging, your tagline, your logo, your lettering and everything that you do. So if you, once again, build the foundation. So if you've built a kick-ass brand, a solid foundation, something that people are proud to wear, it takes a lot less dough and effort and advertising dollars to make people give a shit versus if you have some boring generic fiber design, you're cramming it down people's throats before they care. The big companies, you know, say I do a local plumber and I also do Roto-Rooter. I mean, like, you know, probably what Roto-Rooter looks like. It's red and blue and it's a little pipe, whatever. It's not exciting. It's just, they've been rep repeating that because they have money just to blow right so you know what that means you know what that represents but you only know that um because it's been because they have a big budget and because they're throwing it at you versus us little guys we have the room to be more artistic to flow to make changes to pivot quickly the same as any small business that's the benefit that we have you know we don't have the capital but we can be personal you know, you can, you can hit them with some things that are, uh, that resonate and that stick. So you don't have to spend nearly as much money, you know, and, and a whole thing with what we do is, you know, the vehicle wraps, which more or less I fell into doing, man. Like I started, I grew up racing motocross and did bike graphics and somebody said, Hey, put my logo on my truck too. Right. I'm like, 
Yeah, yeah. Figure out what material it is. How do we set it up? What do we do? And then, you know, now we're way down the road from that. Um, but that's just another form to me of investing in yourself. So you could do, and no, no slander against anything, anything you can do, especially the local stuff, you know, TV, newspaper, radio, billboard, subscription-based, right? You're never done paying for those, even Google, which is such a powerful thing to put your ad on Google. You will absolutely see a return on that, but you are paying, even if it's a low rate, you're paying month to month forever. Wrap your truck. Cool. Bigger, bigger out of pocket right off the bat, but holy shit, you know, now you're paid one time. That's going to be on your truck five years. Something like that. And the, the return and the possible interactions that you have each month that you stay on it, your cost per impression goes down and down and down as the more and more people are viewing that thing. You know, you know, you wrap a truck, say you go all out, like the most expensive, you know, sprinter or vehicle that service people use. You go all out, you maybe four, four, five thousand dollars, which is a chunk. Um, but that's six months on a billboard billboard you could go right sorry jeff at all points my best buddy who owns all the all the signs and everything um i mean that's one once again like we look at the numbers and what that produces and it's incredible but you might not you may get a billboard on the corridor you may take older cater road back and forth all day long and never ever ever see that but everybody at least people who are trying to spend some money they all drive and so by investing in vehicle graphics or even better yet a full wrap you know, it's just the best signage ever. And especially they're cracking down and, you know, signage and everything like that is very limited, square footage in different cities and municipalities and blah, blah, blah. Wrap your trailer and go throw it out in front of the farmer's market, park it the night before. I mean, like there is no regulation. There's nothing you can do. Don't put anything offensive or mean or whatever. But other than that, I mean, it's just a wonderful um, way, both from a, you know, a way to interact with possible, uh, you know, people trying to give you some money. Um, yeah, it's just, it's sticky. Yeah. Yeah, if you create something good, it's less work. It might be more work up front in terms of cost. But isn't that life? That's life, you know? Yeah, we've been talking in the shop, you know, that whole thing. It's like, choose your hard. Like, choose your hard. Going to the gym is hard. <laughs> Obesity is harder. Like, there are all of these things that you can choose and which way you want to do it. But I mean, you know, that's just one of those things that comes up all through life, which is just like, if you just do the work up front, man, you know, instead of cheaping out on this or that, you go for it, you go all in off the bat. And I mean, I just, I, I don't know, like I've been doing it long enough, doing this, this line of work long enough to where I just see the hugs and the love and the people coming back like, holy shit, I never expected, like I did a, I did a painting contract, which kind of gives me warm, fuzzy vibes all the time. When I think about, um, I'll throw them out there. It's, it's a Wayhausen, uh, painting, just awesome guy. Worked for another local painting contractor, one of the bigger ones, and it was just not appreciated or whatever. It's time to do his own thing. Time to move on. All good for whatever reason. You know, he's got kids, didn't have a lot of money invested. We figured out a budget. How can we best use the money that you have? We built him a cool logo, did him a run of shirts, business cards, job signs, and did a partial wrap on his trailer. <clears throat> he went out. He already had a job booked. So he went out. was in like, I think, City Bray. <clears throat> and um, yeah, posted that trailer up in front of his job. Somebody drove by and goes, oh, looks like you guys are doing a good good job. There's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, come and give me a bid on this. Anyway, long story short, a $2,000 vehicle wrap turned into an $80,000 painting gig on the first day. And he came in just, dude, love, hugs. You know what I mean? And that's more the norm at our shop than anything else, which is just like, I mean, think about that investment, that return, you know, all in. You bought, you got the logo and some signs and a run of shirts. I mean, you're in less than five grand all the way across the board. And you just got an $80,000 contract. Like, in a day. Stoked. Yeah. 
I mean, there's not a lot of other ways that can get that out there. Like, you know, Google and all that stuff is catching up and it's great. I mean, like by all means, leverage those as well. But um, yeah, a solid brand, man. It can do a lot for you. Yeah, you're not getting that with fiber. That's not happening. Oh no, bro. And like I said, they'll build you a logo and if shit, it might be good. I haven't seen many, but it, it's funny too because I get a lot of those. Like, I can see right off the bat, dude. If somebody's like, hey, uh, I'm going to send you my logo. I need a quote on 48 shirts. I'm like, yeah, man, sure. Awesome. So extend it over. And you get it because you see the format, you see the way it comes across, and I can know almost immediately. But then when you open that thing up, right, and you look at the back end of the file, how it's built, how does this person put it together? And it's like, oh, you can see the difference of, you know, obviously I'm a believer in compensating people for their work. And so you see all the stuff that's just, traced or bootlegged or you could see where like the font will be like like it looks okay when you look at it that big on the screen you blow it up or you start to separate it for a screen print and you see all the janky angles and the corners and the imperfections and i'm like dude i know you're a good let's say plumber i don't know i know you're a good plumber does this really gonna represent your brand promise you know or you or we do lots of packaging design and stuff too so you have this amazing food bar chocolate bar gummy bear, I don't know, whatever you do. You're a brewery, a deli, I don't know, whatever. <clears throat> like, does this set forth your brand promise? Like, if I see this design, does this give me an indication about the service or the taste or the quality or whatever I'm going to get when I use your service? And if no, then like, dude, I mean, either good luck to you or try harder, <laughs> do better, you know, reinvest. Yeah. Why do you yeah. think people are more willing to skimp when it comes to the logo? Because you think... I mean, for me, my big barrier is equipment, right? So I'm always investing uh -huh. in the next level of equipment, trying Mine to get too. better because you can see the tangible result of that. Yeah. But it wasn't until recently where I realized, oh, I need to pivot some of that energy towards branding uh -huh. and just branding in general online, in person, because you can build a great product, but if people don't ever see the product, what was, what's the point? Yeah. It never, it's not real at that point. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's just, I mean, I would, I always tell folks, like, unless I did this stuff, I would write, I would have no idea. Um, I just think it's a lot more obvious to be like, I need to, uh, put roofs on houses quicker, get that new nail gun. It's just very AB. Like, it's tangible. Causality, right? It's just like, I need to go faster. I bought the tool. I made me go faster. Um, I don't know. Or, or yeah, I just don't think it's leveraged like it should be or like it will continue to be. And like, you know, all that is, man, is just more power to my clients and I, because you keep being, it's a complacency that's everywhere in the world. Y'all keep being complacent. My clients are going to go, rip, 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 you know what I mean? So they're going to utilize our, 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 our service. And what I swear, man, comes in to be like the, in the end, nominal investment. You know what I mean? Even if I really went for it on my, I'm, I'm pretty darn affordable for the offer for what we offer. Um, but I have literally zero cases of anybody being like, Oh, that was a good move. You know what I mean? Or this has helped my business to grow or look professional or, you know, whatever. And just having a shop like ours that like, I get it. You get it. Like uh, you own a local business, bro. You are pinned wide open. There's not a lot of time. So to have a trusted partner like us and like, I don't have to go fish around to save 10 bucks on the internet for a business card. Noah Bennett, boys at VC, just here, hook up my business card, do my shirts, do my truck, do my website. We can do all that in house and just, they can get back to doing what they do. Well, you know, trust the expert. And I do that in everything. Like if I'm somebody's building the house for me, somebody's building a web, I don't know, whatever the hell people are doing for me, working on my truck. I'm like, I will stay out of your way. <laughs> go for it. You know, if I trust you, I trust you to see it all the way through. 
And, you know, I think that is a benefit of what we do. They don't have to like take a logo they got on Fiverr and then try to figure out Canva on their phone to make a business card that looks legit and then outsource it and it comes back pixelated and it's a piece of shit, whatever. So just by, you know, just by like kind of having us as a partner, we're able to really like get all those touch points dialed. Yeah. That's almost one of those cliffs that people have to walk off at least once. And then you get burned and realize, okay, let's do this sure. the right way. Right. But everybody wants to take that easy way. The first one, let me just go, you oh, it's it. like a hundred bucks on Fiverr. Yeah. Let me go just make this. Sure. It's going to be fine. Yeah. They're not going to give me a surfer person. chick. That yeah. has nothing to do with you. Like that. Maybe cool, whatever, you know. And then there's that. There's like the way that it looks and who it communicates with. But it's just like so much of it is the technical, you know, and the way that you build it. And like <clears throat> any logo from classic ones, you know, things created in the, the heyday, the 50s and 60s, whereas before the computer garbly gooked it all up when people were on drafting tables and building these amazing works of art. Those fundamentals ring true, both in color theory and both structure. If somebody's made you a logo and it doesn't have a one color version of it, that's a that's a turd, man. It's not going to work. It's just, you. there are fundamentals. I don't care. Like we talked about the tools, right? No matter the tools, if you have the latest Adobe Illustrator or Creative Suite or you're using something old or you're drawing it with a pencil, it's all about the usability of it and the fundamentals of design and color theory since the beginning of whatever until now uh, are the same. You know, that hasn't changed. Yeah. Usability. Yeah. And is the person behind the screen on Fiverr or whatever platform, are they thinking about that or are they thinking, I, Dude, I can crank this out in two hours? There's, yeah, man. I mean, from, from my experience and like whatever, not to generalize, but like people are scraping by. I mean, it's hard. When you're doing, how, what do you, what's, uh, who knows? I don't know. I'm not on that end of it, but like you're doing a large percentage of your work at no financial benefit to you. You know, you may be throwing designs out. You know, if you're really good, maybe you land, who knows? I don't know. Maybe you land in 50% of them or something. I don't know. I don't know. But like, I'm not doing shit for free. And that gives me an, you know, that's a reason to knock it out of the park every time and make everybody who goes to our doors, who utilizes us, they're stoked. It's a very small percentage of people who are not just, you know, come through the shop, you get a job done, become straight up friends. You know what I mean? And cohorts and people who understand <clears throat> what that investment is and what it takes to operate an independent business, you know, under any circumstances, let alone now, you know, harder than ever, you know, the percentage of like wealth that like got out of the little guy's hands through pandemic and whatever, like, yeah, man, there's a lot of them that have gone away. And those that remain, man, you got to be running a, you know, tight ship. Um, and so that's what it takes. And there's a, there's a brotherhood, sisterhood. There's a community um, of people who kind of get it, you know. And I, I love those people. Yeah, th those are those are my. They come in. And I mean, I'm like, you're my people. Like, that's awesome. You've got balls, you know, and resolve, and work ethic, and grit, you know. And those are the those are the characteristics that that build things that last. If it's art, or if it's a business, or just relationships and friendships and whatever it is, you know, those are the those are the tried and th tried and true. Yeah. That's almost how you have to frame it is, are you building something that you want to last or do you want to just build something quickly? Yeah. You want it now? Yeah. And I've had, you know, and like I'm catching up a little bit, man, but there, I just I have nothing. There's no outsourcing my brain. So I have a little bit of a queue. I have a little bit of people kind of waiting. Give me a little down payment. Give me a couple hundred bucks. I'll call you as soon as I'm done with the guy who paid before you. 
and we'll get it going. And they're like, oh man, you're booked out two months or three months. And I'm like, how long are you going to be in business for, bud? You know, like sacrifice the two months of, I don't have a cool business card for the 10 years of magnified earnings after that, or just look in the, the part. Yeah, and it's just like Rag said, rip the bandaid. Like, you know, th you will never remember that you waited a couple of months. You know, I have an awesome when I'm a local, like one of the most awesome local kind of heritage, like pizza joints that I'm working for now. And I've known them since I was a kid and they're awesome. And I was like, I'm going to get you in line. And I see him around. It's Paul, Paul's live and he's the man dude and their food. So it's just classic, classic, humble New York, whatever. It's, it's awesome. And yeah, I kept seeing him and he's, uh, he's awesome but you know in that fun way that buddies mess with each other like bro where am i at on your list and i'm like dude you don't know how stoked i am to take this on for you i just it's not fair to the other folks who've been waiting but now we were just texting last night and he's like i just love everything we're about to roll it out <clears throat> you know i just love everything you guys have done and i'm like man i just i sincerely hope that it makes you happy it drives people to your spot helps to create the culture of your spot and that you don't miss the couple of months you wait i'm like no you, you wait for things that are good you know yeah, you wait in line at the best restaurant, you know, whatever, you know. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. That's a great spot to be in where your your catalog speaks so loudly that people are willing to wait two, three months because they yeah. know that the quality and the expectation of what they're going to get is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's, dude, like, I, I want it now. <laughs> I get it. But it's, but you're it's not, willing to wait because you know it's going to be good. You're not building a logo to use for a year. You're building the logo that you're going to sell as an asset, the part of the company when you're old, you know, it's a, yeah, it's crucial. we could, you know, reference many, many of my clients who are like, yeah, this was worth the wait or worth the investment or worth what I thought was complicated or I thought it was fluff. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, dude, I don't need that. And like, I sit down, and I explain it to them, you know, like, this is where you're going to see. And here's the examples of the, of the benefit and where people have gone with it. And yeah, it's important. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then there's, oh, so go ahead. No, 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 go. Oh, I mean, so there's like, you know, there's, there's, there's the, this whole part, there's branding and there's all of that side of the business, which is what we've based it on and what I've just learned and taught myself. But then the whole other part of the business that to some degree is not, but I mean, it's a little quieter. It's just all the restyling Josh and Chris and the guys who are in the vehicle wrap department a good chunk of their work, it's not putting logos on cars. It's the application of vehicle wrap as an alternate to paint, right? So if it's anything from full color change wraps to stripes or chrome deletes, do do a lot of that kind of stuff or all of those things, that whole world, the whole vehicle wrap world, which is once again, just something I just organically learned about and figured out over the years. Um, I mean, that stuff's amazing. And Josh and Chris and where their skill level is at being a podunk humble, man, they are incredible. And they've done some projects, a couple of them, I can think off the top of my head that like are really cool and that they mix the digital end and then just the hand-eye coordination. And you know, you're working on somebody's project car, new Tesla, Ferrari, whatever the heck it is, brand new $100,000 F350, whatever it is. You know, people have invested highly in these things and to be able to you know, trick them out or protect them or add the flair or something unique to them. Those are like really cool too. And really is something that's, you know, oftentimes I'm less involved in, you know, and I see myself as almost like a conduit. We've built this good name. People know the shop, 
but you come in for a quote on wrapping your hood carbon fiber, taking your WRX and making it a hot pink or whatever you're going to do. Uh, you just, you talk to Josh, you know, I mean, I could kind of give you an idea, but Josh is my right hand man. He's my brother. He's been with me for 10 years, something like that. Um, and like, you know, when he first came on, I kind of, I trained him. I kind of said like, Hey, you know, here's how you do, here's the vinyl, here's the properties that we have as you go. And then like, you know, it was not long after that. Like I, I suck. Like if they're on a real time crunch, I can go back there and I can still wrap a car. It's not going to be what Josh would do. You know, there's some applications where it's okay and I can get by and like, they're just so booked, man. We're so busy. Um, so I can get in there and help a little bit. And it's kind of cool to get out of the computer chair and go back there and they call me a nerd and say, go back to your computer, you nerd, you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, their skill set and all of that stuff that they do is just is really cool. So you yeah. guys are doing vinyl wraps just in general too, not necessarily mm -hmm. tied to a logo or brand or anything. Exactly. Yeah. So the yeah, there's yeah, there's equal parts customization and branding. You know, and and sometimes it's a mix of both, um, which is really fun. But sometimes it's like, hey man, I built this drag car, whatever I want it to be, sparkly orange. Da 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 da. So if you walk into our shop and you look at the front like reception desk, we have uh, color swatch books, right? So it's like either we have the two di big digital printers upstairs. We have these giant printer cutter machines. They can print up to about four and a half feet wide. <clears throat> and so that's what we use to do anything. That's obviously it's printed. It's got a logo in it. Um, but then as well, we have all of these swatch books that we are using just for customization of vehicles and lots of other things, right? You can stick some stuff on. What's cool about what we do as opposed to paint is that a, it's removable. You know, you could say, do my Mercedes, this is an actual job, do my Mercedes in crazy high gloss sparkly pink, knowing that you might not sell it looking like that. So you keep it on there for five years, whatever, you heat it up, peels off completely clean and it's back to stock. The same thing, you buy a brand new truck and not as much these days, RIP, humble weed scene, but like you buy a $80,000 F350, you're going to be driving up to the property. Man, you could wrap that. And when you wrap it, you may be four grand deep. How much more do you think you'll get out of the resale? If it is all brush scratched and looks like shit versus if it looks like it was old man garage kept, you know what I mean? So there's all of that kind of stuff that we do too. You know, there's stripes and customization. And like I said, we do a lot of the easy, like little, you fit them in between the bigger jobs or things like Chrome deletes. So a lot of you know, piping around the windows or grills or bumpers and everything. And I don't like Chrome either, but sometimes that's especially through COVID and everything. Like there's only so many makes and things available. So you might just have to like, well, supply chain, whatever. I didn't want it with the Chrome. Take individual concepts. We'll get rid of that chrome. You know, that kind of stuff too. So we are doing a lot of that kind of work as well. That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And something that like, once again, Josh has built that. He's my brother. I have nothing to do with it, you know? So I kind of, in those regards, we are, we're partners because like, I'll be like, okay, what did we put into this? I'll take my little share of that because I am paying for the insurance and the shop and everything. But the rest, dude, I... I'll take like a finder's fee. It's you. You know what I mean? Those kind of things. And um, yeah, so those are cool. Yeah, that's not, that kind of stuff is is really growing. And like nobody else who does it, you know, we're the only ones for hundreds of miles. There's a shop that we network with who's great in Santa Rosa. There's another really awesome shop up in Grants Pass. Other than that, there's a shop in Reading, you know, so there's nobody else here. And there's some other littler shops, not littler, but I mean, they don't do what we do. They're here in town, you know, um, and like, once again, all love, 
we networked with everybody. We're friends with everyone. If not a right fit for us, we'll send them to you back and forth. Um, but yeah, but what Josh and those crews, what Josh and those guys offer in that vehicle app department is, is pretty special. Talk about some big smiles and some cool stuff, you know, cool projects going out of the door every day. Yeah. I didn't really think about it until you brought it up, but the era of those grow dozers has kind of just evaporated. You don't see a lot of those driving around anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah end changing. of an era. And really, when it comes to what I do in branding, man, I mean, I I grew up in this scene. My family and friends, I mean, that's my fuck i grew up in it. it's my world so it's i have a lot of love for that world and the folks up in the hills whatever especially is still 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 doing it but you know so like i learned how to brand and how to make things like this i always said and i don't really say anymore but through the height of it man 2018 you know how many logos i did that ended in f-a-r-m-s like farms like i had this not even a joke but like a realization that like i don't think there's anybody in the world who's done as many logos and typed F-A-R-M-S in the bottom than I did, you know, in the whole thing when everybody needed a brand. And, you know, I mean, luckily, some of them are still around, the ones who who that brand became an asset for them and how they could communicate to the end user or even if they were going to make themselves some jars and some pre-roll labels and stuff, even if the goal was never to, you know, you're never going to be big enough to make it statewide or national, where the hell we're going with this thing. But it's just like having a nice business card to look. It just shows that you're a pro. Shows you show up on time. You know, you play the part. You've invested in your own product and in your brand. And those things, I feel like, even if it was just like a demo, even if you're going to an event, you're never going to make any money selling eights, whatever. But you have your display and your tent and your jars and everything's packaged. It just shows that you're professional. You know, so a lot of those things, I think, were, were really were beneficial. And like I said, taught me how to brand. And what's been cool for me since then is you have these people in your life, the doom and gloom, or the people think it's over, fuck, everybody's screwed, this area is a ghost town in one year. I don't know, I'm much more sunnier, um, and I never saw that, and really what it turned in for my business is a lot of folks coming to going, dude, you guys struggling? Like, you did all the weed labeling for 10 years, like, how are you doing? I'm like, I mean, I mean, it's not that I don't miss it, but it's just like, I just seamlessly, we, we just moved on without trying to, I wasn't like, Ooh, I got to go foster up new kinds of business. It just flowed. It just came in that way. And a lot of our clients who were doing that or folks and family and friends who were, who were in that world for so many years, it's just a, now it's just the diversity of interests, the diversity of projects. I'm doing so many different kinds of things and businesses and things that I just had no you know experience with prior, but when one industry falters or goes away or who knows where we're at um they all found out something new to do and they all knew me from those days or whatever so i'm doing all kinds of it really kind of like opened it up as far as the type of work that we're doing which as a designer is like freaking awesome (laughs) well and everybody needs a brand yeah and i love about our work jumping in and learning a little something about the world like dude i i i washed dishes at tomo when i was a kid okay so i've worked in the food service and right for like a summer or two or whatever, but I don't think about owning a restaurant. Um, but I work with a lot of people who do. And so peering over that, like seeing what they're up to, how that works or all the different kinds of all the different kinds of industries and things that we, I get to jump in their world and learn a little bit about what they do in order for me to service them better. And it's just interesting. I just love small business and how people make it work. Um, so that's a totally like a thing that I really enjoy about our work as well. Just kind of like, Wow, so that's what it's like to own a, I don't know, 
food truck. I don't know, whatever. You know, you get to peer into these different worlds. Yeah. See how they function. And just see how it's all the same and it's all different. Like they're like, you draw, like it's so weird what we do. It is. It's like, nobody does that. You draw on a computer and you're making a good living. Like the fuck? <laughs> but in that same regard, it's, you know, interesting for me to see how other people and how their brains have put together their niche or whatever, which is yeah, totally cool. And like, you know, also, um, you know, there's that cross pollination. You see, oh, okay, this is how they've problem solved for issues in their business. And how can I apply that? I don't make sushi or whatever the hell it is, but I can take something of what they've done and apply it to our workflow and see how we do and everything like that. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. And it's, then, it's a cool job. I mean, just yeah. the day-to-day, everything changes. Yeah, you're kind of doing the same thing, but you're also doing something yeah. completely different with yeah. each job. Yeah, or you're doing, a, you're doing a hair salon, you know, then you're doing a restaurant, then you're doing tons of stuff for Cal Poly, then you're doing this and that, and it's like, it's all it is. It's very much, everything has its own vibe with a similar, you know, it's all going through our brains, you know what I mean? But how do you... How do you get in there? You know, how do you develop branding or how do you market or develop signage or whatever that's going to appeal to a certain demographic? That's not me. And I think that's, that's awesome <laughs> to try to figure that out. And that's really where I've, once again, like really try to empower the client to like, give me the inspo, you know, here's resources, here's things you should look at. And then, you know, give me that direction so that I can build something for you. Don't build something that's just me because it's going to look like the logos that I do, you know, it should look like you through my brain, whatever. You're the conduit. You're kind of pulling everything together. I use that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can put it together. I can make it technically solid. I can show you what it's going to cost and how we can do your hoodies and wrap your truck and do all that cool stuff. And then it can build your website and this and that. But, uh, but yeah, I want it, I want it to be a function of my clients, their brand promise, their personality, but like tailored for the brand expectations that their clients are going to have. Yeah. It's, it's crazy cool. that all of that kind of just came organically from doing motocross. Motos. That, that just, yeah. this is the path. Yeah. I mean. Did you ever want to pursue motocross professionally? Was that no, ever? I mean, no, I don't. I never, I'm not that good. <laughs> I just have fun with it. And, and, and even seeing it now, I think it's cool to have this. I think it's cool just to keep that as fun. You know, because there is a thing, you know, that it could become a job, you know, and, and design hasn't really become that for me sometimes, but not really, but it is cool. And even like I said, I bought the initial printer and the whole vibe, the whole thing was tricking out race teams and doing that whole thing. Hey, our area is geographic. I said, we don't even have a racetrack here. There's not a lot of, there's not a much of a scene here between besides me and my buddies or whatever, but like, um, no, it's cool to go race and go ride and I'm just having fun. You know, just and keep it the hobby. Keep it the hobby, and it, and like once again, to be straight up, I never had the talent to do that anyway. <laughs> like, I'm good. I can get around. Like, you know, I've been riding my whole life, so I'm good. But um, and I love athletics and all of their <clears throat> forms and everything and um, all that stuff. And have really, you know, I ride a lot, and that's always been my main passion. But like, you know, we have such a better um, our mountain bike scene here in Humboldt. If anybody's, it's just amazing right now dude the riding and the opportunities we have and so not like transitioning but adding that to my quiver and riding my my bicycle has been so cool to kind of fill the gaps where we don't have a local moto track but we have like some of the most epic mountain biking trails on the west coast here so that's awesome and like one of those things where like like through riding and all those things all those connections that come out of it 
you know? I think I have three jobs on the screen print board right now that are all through all my mountain bike buds. You know, the Redwood Coast Mountain Bike Association, all the events and things I put on the race. So I'll be like racing the event and I'm a sponsor and I did the shirts and this and that. And like, that's, you know, that's community and that's, that's awesomeness, you know? So I, I, I love all that stuff. So yeah. And then like, even, you know, being at the track and we're going to go out and race, uh, race out in Reading this weekend. And like, that's just for fun. But you think I'm not making some connections when I'm there? You know what I mean? And especially with moto, it's a, not a cheap sport. So you are rubbing elbows with some people who can afford some shit who are normally, you know, maybe they're business owners or whatever. And so all of, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all synergy. Like it all kind of comes around. So the moto and everything is my origin story. It got me into this line of work. I would have had no idea what any of this was kind of without it. Um, but uh, yeah, and it continues to kind of build it. And there's bikes later on in the shop and we're so stoked to live in Arcata where I can close up the shop at five and pedal my butt up to the forest and rip all these amazing trails. I got my dog with me. Like, you know, we talked about, I think maybe before we were rolling about, you know, living here and <clears throat> small town things and whatever it is. And like, I rolled out of my shop like an hour early because I don't have some corporate gig. And when I'm over it, I go home. You know, I, I work my butt off. Like, make no mistake. I work a lot of hours, but it was too nice, too nice outside. <clears throat> so I pack it up. Come on, girl, grab the dog, ride up, do some laps up in the forest, man. That's, that's so epic. Like I wouldn't trade that for a higher paying la-di-da, you know what I mean? Or whatever, or work for some prestigious, even graphic design firm or whatever that it could be. Um, when you really look at quality of life and you really look at the things that our area offers to be able to, you know, I don't agree with a lot or many or whatever, like things and policies and things that come out of my, my little hometown here. But like, man, that's cool. You know, to be in a small enough community where I'm giving hugs and handshakes and all of my clients, I love them. And I know them on a personal level. I'm empowering their business. They're doing the same to me. And then I jump on my bike with my little dog and go and rip the trails right from my house or right from, from my house too. I can ride from my house. I can ride from the shop. Um, and that's, you know, you can't buy that. It's hard to beat that. Yeah, no, that's just rad. And we were chatting just a little philosophical conversation with my wife. I'm like, oh, where would you go if you were going to be? We're here. Like, we are humble people. My grandparents live here. My aunts and uncles live here. My mom and dad live here. My brother and my sister and my friends. My, I'm here, right? But like, where else did you go? And I'm like, I'm literally just thinking about where else would I go? I'm thinking about dirt. Like, hmm, where else has good dirt? You know? There's some great stuff. But like, yeah, man, we have a good here. Yeah, go. I don't surf, but you could surf. Hit the, you know, we were up at Horse Mountain last year and ripping, just walking it, and you know, and uh, and snowboarding up at Horse Mountain. You could see the ocean. Like, that's very unique. It's it, we do we do have a cool thing and going here. And like I said, I'm I am very much I guess inherently a glasses half full thing. And like I just, dude, it's so cool. The Cal Poly thing has been really cool, keeping us really busy. The whole switchover, of course. Um. And just being in a place where we have room to grow, I think more people here is going to be better, you know, and you can see like whatever it is, climate's changing all through the pandemic and stuff. So many people moving up here and, you know, you see license plates and tourists and people coming through and I'm having grown up here. I, I love it, man. I think more, 
more people and especially like like i said like w there was and for all my single lady friends out there like the uh, slim pickens you know you got your grow bro or your grow bro or this or that and it's a lot of homogenization the same white dude with the same f-350 so it's cool that as town grows and the college grows and all these things are changing that there is more diversity more of a <clears throat> wider scope of businesses um and of interest and things and all that to me is just creates opportunity for recreation and for work and all that cool stuff so i think we're I'm, I'm stoked for the opportunities that my daughter has whether she stays here or she or not or whatever she seems like a city girl already um but uh but yeah i mean she's got a pump track and a skate park and all these things right near our house that i never had i was just out blowing up frogs or doing whatever little boys do out in the woods barefoot naked running around you know so yeah i'm i'm, I'm stoked on on humble for sure yeah we're in an interesting time right now yeah it'll be kind of crazy to see what happens with yeah. all of with the wind farm the fish farm with yeah. cal poly totally we're in an interesting spot right now yeah it's cool it's a jump off and you know i have many clients in the fisheries fisheries and stuff like that who are like what the fuck like this farm's can't do this shit's gnarly and it's bad and i'm like i i get it man and i get like you know there's pluses and minuses but like to have a little bit more economic viability in our location like i get it maybe those are not the best expressions of it but like dude this place should be wealthy look at our natural resources and how we just get played just the water the timber the, the creatures everything that we pull out of the earth that just leaves and then you still have some broke ass people you know i i wish that more so that whole state of jefferson vibe that we could stand up for ourselves and you know utilize and um <clears throat> you know take advantage of the natural resources that we do, do we do have here i we ride a lot in uh in blue like out of the hatchery ridge trails and if anybody who's rode up there knows that as you get oh, about halfway up the trail or something there's like this picnic bench and this hole in the um in the trees and you just look out over blue lake right and I always go up there and I'm like, if I'm like a settler, if I'm in a wagon or whatever, if I'm seeing that, I look down at that landscape and I go, oh yeah, we can make it work here, you know? And that's, that's awesome. Cause who knows at this point, how long civilization is around even at this point or whatever. I mean, that's whatever, but I mean, yeah, to live in a, in a naturally, you know, gifted place where you I mean, if shit hits the fan, it's going to be hard, but like, you know, you can live off the land here. Like there's an abundance um, just deal with the cold, whatever. You know? Yeah, better so to be cool. up here if the world ends than 100%. LA or New York or yeah. any big city. Yeah, you know Scientologists have that all figured out. That thing down in a uh, whatever. Yeah, about that. Yeah, cool. yeah. Anyway, yeah, man. No, I'm. Uh, yeah, everything's. It's all good. Yeah, all good. Only up and up and up from here. Trying to figure out what the next growth is. Um, you know, the other thing, the benefit and the the issue of owning a business in Humble is we're in this place where now I've, this business is solid, like it ain't going nowhere. It's just about putting the pieces in place to continue to grow it. And, you know, it's just finding that next kind of piece of real estate. It's kind of like my thing right now is how do I, how do I transition? I've owned my house since I was a kid. Like, how do I younger, how, how do I, how do I own the place where the business operates? And, um, you know, it, it's, we don't have a sprawl. We don't have a bunch of like vacant 10,000 square foot warehouses. There ain't, there ain't shit really. So that's really like, that's the main thing where I'm up against, where I'm trying to figure out as far as growth and as far as offering my employees more and 
building my future is how do we own the place that the business operates in? And A, once again, it's Cali and like, it's so expensive to do anything. It's so expensive to build um, and all that stuff. But man, there's just not a lot of, you know, places out there for me. Um, but, you know, good problem to have. We're growing. We want to keep looking forward, see what's next. Yeah. yeah and hopefully, uh, hopefully prices on everything will start coming down soon. And then yeah. that'll open some options. Exactly. You know, and I live in up outside of McKinleyville and the shops in Arcata and like there is a whole zone out in Valley West that's like, you know, got branded with all the weed stuff. And of course, everybody's greedy and tax these poor dudes, poor people out of their livelihood. It's just one more industry that they've killed. Um, just greed. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't want to see anybody fail, but if that transitions and it gives us normal service industry job people a little bit of a place to be able to exist and to build things for our families then like i'm in you know i would love to do that and continue to grow it and continue to take on more people and all that kind of stuff and continue to yeah raise the bar but it's it's hard <laughs> yeah yeah it's a challenge but yeah. it's a good it's a fun challenge yeah absolutely. I would imagine. yeah yeah totally well no thanks for doing this man I'll, hey you're welcome we'll, i'll let you get out of here so you can go get your workout in do you want to plug all of your stuff where people can find you, where they can find visual concepts? Yeah. Yeah. So we are, uh, we're in Arcata where we've been located for over 10 years in the Creamery district of Arcata, right kind of behind the pub and behind the Arcata Playhouse. Cool little neighborhood. Um, but yeah, check out our Instagram, visual concept 707. That's probably whenever I have enough time, I'm on there a little bit, um, and our website and whatever. And just, you know, you see something going down the road and you're like, Oh, that looks nice. Yeah. That was us. Yeah. It looks like a turd. Hopefully that wasn't us. Um, but yeah, that's it, man. You know, support local. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Yeah. I'm a thanks, big, man. big, uh, big fan of the medium and never done anything really like this before. So, uh, yeah. Thank yeah, you. It was a lot of fun. Thanks fun for coming. Up. We'll yeah. do it again. Cheers. I love you. All right. All right, buddy. Thanks, Cheers. man.